The dull rasp of metal boots on a sterile floor echoed as I stumbled through the prison halls. Guards pushed at my back, their cold eyes focused ahead. Today wasn't a transfer. Everyone knew what lay at the end of this unforgiving corridor. Every breath was a tight knot in my chest. Then, the room. Sterile, official, with an imposing panel of judges seated behind towering desks. Their words washed over me in a drone of legal phrases and cold jargon until a single word pierced through. Condemned. The sentence, exile to the Dark Zone Experimental Station. My head whipped up. Rumours of that place swirled. Whispers of madness. A space station with physics gone wrong. They couldn't be serious. But here they were, offering me a twisted choice. Certain brutal death back on Earth, or sign away my life for a twisted science experiment at the edge of known space. They made it sound almost humane, but I saw the glint of cruelty in their eyes. A guard shoved a flimsy data pad in my face, covered in dense text outlining the agreement. Every word dripped with indifference. I skimmed the clauses, termination if I tried to return to Earth, release from all liability, should I vanish. Because in the Dark Zone, people did. I clenched my jaw, tasting bile. They offered a warped kind of freedom. Death Row's last-ditch lottery ticket. I looked up. Despair choked me, but beneath it a glimmer of defiance sparked. For years, this sterile system had squeezed the life out of me. If anything was certain, it was that I refused to die at their hands. Then, the words were out of my mouth before I fully thought them through. I accept. Murmurs of surprise crackled around the room. Even the judges couldn't mask their startled blinks. A guard clamped a shackle on my wrists, heavy and cold against my skin. That was it. My life here, gone in a moment of desperate determination. The earth I knew slipped away as they lead me toward the launch site, and all that waited was the unknown void beyond. They marched me straight to the launch shuttle, a cramped box of chipped metal and humming power systems. The familiar sterile prison scent was replaced with something worse. Recycled air with a touch of ozone, like a storm waiting to happen. Other convicts were already strapped in, eyes filled with a chilling mix of despair and a desperate, cornered animal defiance. No words were exchanged, only the rattling of chains and heavy silence. Each jolt during launch pounded in my skull, the sheer violent force pinning me back against the seat. Nausea churned in my stomach as weightlessness suddenly took hold when we cleared the atmosphere. It was an alien sensation, leaving me disoriented. Looking out the tiny viewport, Earth dwindled below into a fragile-looking blue marble. All of it, my past, my life as I knew it, faded in a matter of minutes. This battered transport hurtled us towards the orbiting purgatory of Station Sigma. Suddenly, the smooth hum of the engines stuttered and faltered. We jerked in our seats, alarms sparking in my gut. Whispers started among the other prisoners, their voices cracking. Not like this, someone groaned. I didn't survive all that hell just to die in some tin can. Then an ominous groan echoed through the hull. A deep, 
resonating moan of stressed metal that vibrated through my bones. A collective gasp filled the transport. Beyond the small, grimy window, the metal frame of the station appeared, bathed in emergency lights. Even from this distance, I could see it was scarred, as if patched together after some terrible event. Then, as the shuttle maneuvered to dock, a ripple passed through my vision. Not a blur, but an actual warp in the fabric of space, as if light itself warped away from something just at the edge of my sight. My insides twisted. Those rumours of the Dark Zone, was that the beginning? Something was broken here, in the most fundamental possible way. Dread began its icy spread through my veins. We docked with a clang that reverberated through the shuttle. Rough hands unstrapped us, guards prodding us out like reluctant livestock. Our feet shuffled down the station corridor, those strange flares of warped light becoming more frequent as we moved deeper into the damaged station. The place crackled with a barely contained chaos. Other convicts, some clearly here far longer than our fresh batch, eyed us with narrowed eyes, sizing us up as either prey or potential allies. They moved in packs, tattoos and improvised gear marking territories within this shattered place. Finally, we were herded into a cavernous room, an old mess hall, it seemed. That's when I saw her, the warden. Short, steely-eyed and radiating an unyielding sense of authority. Her voice amplified harshly across speakers sliced through the low murmur of the crowd. This is not a rehabilitation. This is exile. This place, this, she spat the word. Experiment will break you. Those who adapt may survive, those who don't. A dismissive shrug seemed to finish her sentence more clearly than words could. The cold weight of her words settled over us. This wasn't prison. It was an arena. I gripped my hands into fists, feeling fingernails dig into my palms. The spark of defiance from back on earth began to fade. This place was designed to snuff out that kind of spirit. And then, just when I thought it couldn't get worse, another wave of disorientation washed over me, twisting my gut with nausea. The ceiling seemed to bend upward impossibly, a warped curve in space that my brain strained to make sense of. The other new arrivals gasped, some stumbled, reaching out instinctively for walls that now felt a mile away. Someone started screaming. The screaming spread like a virus. An older convict, eyes wide with terror, clawed at his face, howling about everything being wrong. Panic rippled through the room the guards raising their weapons with shouts of control that only fueled the chaos. In those first terrifying moments, my own mind reeled, trying to fight the disorienting warp in the room. Instead of panic, a cold anger ignited in me. I'd face down beatings and starvation in prison. This wouldn't break me. This was new territory, though. A fight against the mind itself. Ignoring the chaos, I forced myself to look around. Others huddled together, eyes darting and voices filled with hysteria. Some had even dropped to their knees, clutching their heads. Yet there were a few, mostly those marked with the wear of longer stays here, who held themselves apart. There wasn't fear in their eyes, but a chilling kind of calculation. 
These were the survivors the warden spoke of. Then, with an abruptness that shocked the room into silence, the warped ceiling snapped back into place. The screams faltered, then died away to tense, panting breaths. We stared at each other, bewildered and raw. This place, the Dark Zone, wasn't just playing tricks on our eyes. It was playing some twisted game with reality itself. One of the guards barked, Shut it! This is just a taste. Shut up and get used to it, or you'll be begging for that death sentence back on Earth. His words dripped with a grim satisfaction. His enjoyment of our terror fuel for his own sense of power. The rest of the day blurred past in a haze. Rudimentary bunks, tasteless nutrient paste, the silence sizing up from every set of eyes I met. When the lights dimmed, sending long shadows creeping across the cracked walls, the survivor's instinct I'd relied on in prison kicked in. I found a defensible corner, my back to the wall, exhaustion threatening to drag me down. But sleep, sleep in this place felt like a surrender, a luxury I couldn't afford. The darkness wasn't quiet. At first it was just the soft rhythm of breaths from the dozens of sleeping bodies crammed into the improvised dorm. But the air thickened with something else, a rhythmic groan, like the metal bones of the station protesting against some unseen pressure. My pulse hammered in time with the unnerving symphony of stressed metal. Sleep retreated further with each chilling creak. From somewhere down a distant corridor, a ragged sob cut through the night. Then another voice, rising into a shriek before being abruptly cut off. My every muscle tensed. It was almost too easy to imagine those warped corridors in my mind, shifting angles, rooms stretching further than could be possible. Fear wasn't the only thing keeping me awake. Curiosity clawed at me. Those rumours of experiments. What had the government actually built out here? Finally, my stubborn will broke, and I pushed myself up, cautiously. There were no guards, none that I could see, anyway. It seemed they trusted the unpredictable physics of the Dark Zone to be jailer enough. The urge to just lay back down and shut my eyes out was almost overpowering. But something else, a stubbornness bordering on recklessness, pushed me forward. Moving on instinct, I headed deeper into the maze of corridors. It felt as if something drew me on, a sense of movement just beyond my sight. As I turned a corner, there it was again. A flash of motion, something pale disappearing into the gloom ahead. For a wild moment, I thought it might have been just another prisoner. A fellow insomniac. But then it shifted again. A pale blur slithering up the wall then dissolving into distorted air. Goosebumps rippled across my arms. This was no human movement. Without really thinking it through, I moved faster, drawn towards whatever had vanished around the next bend. There was a chance this was madness, chasing some figment of an overtired mind, but the chance that it was a fragment of another truth, a sliver of information that could help me understand this damned place fueled me with reckless determination. I rounded the corner, senses straining against the thick silence of the station. In the dim, sputtering lights, I could just make out the end of the corridor. My footsteps seemed impossibly loud in my own ears, but then they weren't alone. There it was, a soft scuffling sound, rhythmic and unsettling, closer. I held my breath, 
As I approached the corridor's end, something resolved from the shadows, a hunched shape. At first glance, it could have been one of the worn-down prisoners, but upon closer inspection, wrong. The limbs were too long, the movements twitchy, unnatural. Its head turned as I froze in place, and what stared back at me weren't eyes at all, but a cluster of pale, pulsing nodules. My blood ran cold. That's when the air in the hallway itself began to vibrate. A low hum turned into a piercing whine, then everything began to ripple like a reflection in a disturbed pond. My stomach lurched as the figure before me dissolved in the vibrating air, leaving nothing in its wake. Had it even been there at all? Before I could process what I'd just seen, a jolt of sheer terror seized me. The world itself seemed to tilt, throwing me to the ground. Through the ringing in my ears, I felt something fundamental shift inside me. A searing heat pulsed beneath my skin, accompanied by a splitting headache. The air crackled with energy, and as I struggled to rise, I glanced at my own hand. The skin glowed faintly, veins tracing strange new patterns against the light. Black dots swarmed across my vision. What the hell was happening to me? Had the experiment, this monstrous place, already started altering me on some basic level? Then, as suddenly as it had started, the sickening instability ceased. The room sharpened back into focus. But I knew with bone-deep certainty that nothing here, least of all myself, would ever be the same again. The aftershocks of that warping left me disoriented and shaking. I pressed myself against the cool metal wall, taking rasping breaths that echoed in the now eerily silent corridor. It took several long moments to find the nerve to stand again. Every flash of the lights above seemed to mock me. I was changed. Even if I couldn't see exactly how, some twisted strand of this mad experiment had sunk its teeth into me. The thought filled me with an almost incandescent rage. My defiant choice to accept exile seemed almost like a joke now. Had I simply traded one cage for another, even more insidious one? With that fury fueling me, I started to move again. Each step felt deliberate, an angry protest against this place and what it wanted to do to me. Whether it was just the station's warped physics or this gift they'd unwittingly given me, it was time to turn it around. No longer would I be just a victim in this place. The winding corridors took on a new urgency. Now, with every twist of strange angles and shifts in gravity, I didn't just look for ways to navigate, but for weaknesses to exploit. It felt like an awakening. A switch flipped inside me. I wouldn't just survive here. I'd fight. Not for some twisted redemption, but because refusal was now the only form of control I had left. Suddenly a noise snapped me from my thoughts, voices, whispering, urgent, coming from an open doorway to my right. Carefully I moved closer. Maybe here I'd find answers, or worse, more questions. But either way, information in this damned place was power, and right now, that was all I craved. Just as I peered around the corner, ready to eavesdrop, one of the voices rose clearly into the hallway. Think the new batch can handle it. If word leaks about what those wardens are really doing. That's all I heard before a shadow moved out of the room toward me with startling speed. 
I had only a heartbeat to react before a hand was over my mouth, silencing any cry of alarm. I was yanked bodily into the room, rough hands holding me in place. Moonlight filtering through a grimy window revealed three figures, two imposing convicts and a smaller woman with fiery hair and a defiant scowl. One of the men hissed, Quiet unless you want the whole bloody station on us. My pulse spiked with a fresh surge of fear. Was I out of the frying pan and into the fire? Part of me expected threats, maybe a beating to teach a newcomer respect. That's when the woman's eyes focused on me. A look of sharp surprise, replacing her initial caution. They weren't filled with the predatory gleam I'd seen in so many others here. This wasn't the same look I got from the guards. In a harsh whisper, she asked, The shift. When you first got here, you felt it too, didn't you? Her voice held an intensity that seemed out of place with her youthful features. The men at her side remained tense, but their attention held that same expectant quality. Before I could form a lie, my traitorous body reacted. Heat prickled under my skin as if in answer to her unheard question. My veins flared, momentarily visible, proof of the strange change the Dark Zone had inflicted on me. I yanked my arm from their grasp, stepping back in alarm. Was this some trick? What if their curiosity masked some new form of cruelty? The woman stepped forward, her movements measured. Whoa, calm down. Look, you're clearly one of them now, marked by this messed up place. They did something to you. Before I could process her words, she ripped back her own sleeve, exposing not smooth skin, but a swirling network of radiant lines like intricate circuitry. Her defiant gaze mirrored my own bewilderment. The larger of the two men spoke, his gruff voice laced with frustration. This ain't time for introductions, Cora. He could still... I saw his hand inch towards the shiv tucked into his belt. Pure reflex, distrust ingrained in these brutal halls. Cora cut him off, her voice surprisingly firm. No, Bull, he's different, don't you see? The new blood doesn't usually react this strong, at least not this fast. She gave me a searching look, a glimmer of something like hope, replacing the previous suspicion. Bull huffed. Fine, whatever. But I'm keeping an eye on him just because he glows in the dark. He let the threat hang unspoken, but there was a subtle shift in his posture. No longer was I an easy target, at least not right now. With a sense of unease, I realized they'd seen something more in me, a potential asset or something equally dangerous. I stood my ground, the strange glow under my skin fading just as quickly as it had come. Their words spun in my head, marked by this messed up place. That unsettling confirmation sent a fresh shudder through me. I wasn't alone in my transformation, it seemed, but that barely tempered the terror. Cora saw my doubt and suspicion. It wouldn't be safe to keep secrets in this warped place. My name's Jax, I finally said, my voice rough. And, yeah, since getting here things... things ain't been right. It felt like an understatement of the century. Every nerve felt raw, my senses bombarded by this nightmarish station. My body buzzed with some strange, unwelcome energy. Cora nodded, then quickly introduced the others. Bull, an intimidating brute with eyes that saw nothing but threats. 
and Flynn, lanky and whip-smart, the brains to Bull's muscle. Despite my initial fears, I sensed a sliver of desperation in them. We were all trapped in this place, all marked, and now a shift in the usual balance of power had happened. I was different, and these seasoned survivors recognized it as either a chance or a liability. Flynn moved a step closer, curiosity finally outweighing distrust. Look, you clearly saw some stuff nobody else noticed out there. Those flashes, the way the air was... Shifted, Cora finished for him. He got dosed just like the rest of us. They exchanged a wordless glance. In that instant, they made a decision. Gamble on the strange newcomer and find an advantage. Or eliminate the unknown element. Cora's right, Bull interrupted. Let's be real here. The Wardens have their little experiment. We survive, barely. Now you and her, he gestured to Cora with clear disgust, glowing like walking targets. Something more is going on here. You think this... I looked down at my hand, still feeling the lingering sting of the change. This is part of their sick game. Before anyone could answer, a cold voice echoed down the hall. Newbies should be in their bunks, not fraternizing in the dark. We spun to see one of the guards, weapon drawn, a smug smirk across his face. With practiced ease, Cora pulled her sleeve down, hiding the radiant lines. Bull and Flynn melted into the shadows, as comfortable disappearing as if they were never there. Just like that, I was left standing alone, facing down the threat of official authority in this lawless place. I had stumbled into something greater than my own individual survival, and I had a sinking feeling the price of admission might be higher than I was willing to pay. The hallway lights blinked, throwing the guard's cruel smirk into harsh relief. His hand tightened on his weapon, not an ordinary stunner but something heavier, custom-built by the station's warped resources, I assumed. The unspoken threat crackled in the air. This wasn't the regimented control of prison. Out here, there was no rule book, just a terrifying balance of power. I stood taller, forcing my shoulders back despite the terror pulsing through me. It felt like facing a feral animal. Show weakness, and I'd be prey. Just... just getting my bearings, I said, my voice steadier than I felt. My eyes flicked to where Bull and Flynn had vanished. Was help within reach or was this my personal fight to survive? He circled me slowly, like a predator assessing its catch. Bearings or sniffing out dissent? Cora and her crew, always trouble. Word spreads amongst the rats, he sneered. Each word carried an unmistakable warning. Toe the line or they'd break more than just bones out here. I held his gaze, a desperate gamble. We're all rats here, aren't we? Just trying to live another day in this hellhole. My voice echoed around the desolate corridor, underscoring the harsh truth we both knew. With a dismissive chuckle, he lowered his weapon as if bored by such an easy kill. For now, my show of defiance bought me tentative safety. Watch yourself, newbie. One wrong word, one wrong move. He stepped closer, his rancid breath hot on my cheek. And I'll enjoy hearing those pretty bones of yours snap. He left with a final sneer, but I knew the reprieve was temporary. There were factions here, 
a tangled web of alliances I was only just beginning to grasp. Cora, Bull and Flynn clearly operated on the fringes, but the mention of dissent hinted at something larger, a spark of rebellion against this cruel experiment. My head throbbed. Just getting through the night felt like mission impossible, and now I was caught in a war, forced to decide sides as fast as I learned the new rules. With weary steps, I headed back towards the dorm, the cold metal under my hands sending shivers through me. This was no longer just about survival. It was about fighting back. There was something bigger than just me at stake now. And it was burning away that last shred of naive hope I'd somehow dragged here from Earth. This place was going to change me, for better or worse. Sleep in this shattered excuse for a dorm felt impossible. Every shifting groan of the station was a threat, and the emergency lights only amplified the grotesque shadows stretching across cracked ceilings. Even the quiet breaths of the sleeping prisoners around me sounded sinister, whispers of collusion I desperately needed to understand. As dawn filtered through dusty portholes, revealing the scarred belly of the station, I finally pushed myself upright. My new reality sunk in. I was in over my head, my survival relying on understanding this fractured world as quickly as possible. It was no use waiting for an escape back to Earth. Now, this prison with no walls was my battleground. I found Cora in the mess hall. It was a pitiful space, cracked tables, food dispensers, coughing out questionable sludge. With a calculated motion, she slid across a metal tray, the food barely identifiable. Disgust mixed with gnawing hunger, creating a sickening knot in my stomach. Despite that, something akin to camaraderie burned in her eyes. Recognition of the shift in me, and maybe a desperate sliver of hope that I was worth the risk. Look, I began, keeping my voice low. Your guard dog gave me the welcome speech. Clearly you guys aren't exactly on the warden's Christmas list. Her sharp laugh cut through the silence. Oh, they love us. We're valuable lab rats. Question is, do you want to just live long enough for the next twisted experiment or do something about it? It was a blunt question, slicing open the very heart of the dilemma I'd been struggling with since landing here. That even possible? Rebellion doesn't seem practical in a place where the damn walls can bend. Cora smiled a bitter twist to her lips. It ain't just about breaking out, newbie. It's about understanding why we're really here. What we've become. She glanced down at her arm, hidden beneath her sleeve. The wardens think we're just broken toys. I disagree. Flynn slipped into the seat beside me, sliding a greasy data pad across the table. She's being overly dramatic. We ain't heroes. But there's more to why they picked us. Why they put us in this reality blender. You felt that shift. It's not just some freaky side effect. We think it's the first step to... His voice trailed off, replaced by a look out the window at the bleak expanse of space. I stared at the data pad. Crude maps, cryptic notes, mentions of anomalies. I might be new here, but I recognize the obsession in their eyes. You want to understand this damn place, not just survive it, I realized. Bull hulked behind me, the ever-present silent threat. Understanding might be our only weapon. 
figure out this twisted maze, figure out why they did it. Maybe just maybe... Hope crackled in the air. It was a flimsy thing, desperate and reckless. Yet the alternative was to wither beneath the weight of this place, to simply exist until they experimented me into oblivion. In a warped way, their hunger for answers mirrored my own simmering rage against the invisible bars of the Dark Zone. With a ragged breath, I pushed the tray of slop away. It was time for a choice. I'm in! My declaration brought a collective intake of breath from Cora and Flynn. Bull merely grunted, but the tension in his bulky frame eased the tiniest fraction. Now that the words were spoken, their gazes shifted from wary assessment to something resembling calculation. I was inducted into their silent conspiracy. Cora pushed the datapad across the table. This may look insane, but every map shift, every glitch, we keep track. There's an unpredictable pattern here. As she zoomed in, it looked less like a station map, more like some chaotic scribble from a madman. Marked spots blinked on and off, sections vanished into nonsensical angles. This place twists itself, Flynn added, tapping a particularly warped part of the schematic. We used to think it was random, the station malfunctioning, but Cora figured it out. Those flickers of creatures, the vanishing acts. Those anomalies trigger a change. His excitement overrode his usual cynicism. An eerie chill raced down my spine. Creatures. That hunched thing I'd seen. The dissolving figure. Those weren't hallucinations. Suddenly my strange glow seemed like the least dangerous problem here. My mouth went dry. Okay, you're both a few levels higher in crazy than I expected. And what if I don't want to get... changed? Choice is an illusion out here, Bull rumbled, the first words he'd uttered since our confrontation. His voice held a hard edge of truth honed from too long living in a place like this. In a gentler tone, Cora offered, It's about control, Jax. The more we understand how this place works, the less predictable the shifts are. That gives us an edge. It was less a reassurance, more an uncomfortable reality check. If this place changed you whether you wanted it to or not, the best fight was understanding the rules of the game. Flynn pushed past me, pointing out a grimy viewport. See that nebula? We track celestial movement against the shifts. When those stars are in that alignment, he motioned vaguely upwards, this corridor. He thumped the wall next to him with a resounding clang. Morphs! Every damn time. It was as if the station's bizarre behaviour was no longer some cruel random occurrence, but an experiment. And by monitoring it, they were becoming lab mice aware of their own testing. Despite the terror that gnawed at my gut, I felt a surge of grim determination. I was tired of being just the subject. I'd play along, exploit their insane research, because there was only one way out of this nightmare. I had to become the damn scientist. A low alarm klaxon pierced the stale air of the station, signalling work shift assignments. In this place, survival came at a price. We weren't inmates anymore. We were forced labour. Looks like I have a date with a faulty recycler, I muttered, more to myself than the others. Bull snorted. Lucky you. Some get to play guinea pig with experimental tech. Come back a few limbs short. 
mind a little warped. There was no pity in his tone, only dry observation of this morbid lottery. My stomach churned as I imagined the horrors that experimental tech implied. Cora stood, a newfound grimness edging out her usual spark. Don't make a show of things, blend in, be a sheep, she instructed with a surprising softness. It was oddly reassuring that even here amidst the warped physics and lurking monstrosities, a form of protective camaraderie took root. Flynn tossed me a worn toolkit. Here, look like you belong, but keep your eyes peeled. Every quiver, every hiccup you see, note it down. This wasn't just about surviving the work shift. It was an active mission to dissect the madness around us. For the first time since being dumped on this station, I felt something that wasn't despair. It was defiance, imbued with a hunger for answers. Later, knee-deep in the bowels of a failing water filtration unit, the klaxons blared again. Not the rhythmic warnings I'd already learned, but a harsh, panicked signal. Scrambling out, I followed the echoing shouts toward a central cargo hold. Guards were herding the panicked prisoners. An accident. A containment breach. My pulse went from a steady hum to a panicked drumbeat in seconds. As I broke into the holding area, I froze. Not because of mangled workers or some new threat, but because a gaping hole had torn through a section of the ceiling. Outside wasn't cold vacuum or debris, but an impossible sight. A churning nebula pulsing with unnatural colours. I recognised it from Flynn's erratic scrawls. Before I could even react, gravity went haywire. My feet left the floor, then suddenly I was slammed back with bone-jarring force against a crate. In the chaotic jumble around me, I heard Cora's scream cut short. Just as quickly, everything stabilised. The tear in reality sealing shut as if it never existed. When the guards shoved us back out into the corridor, the cargo hold looked untouched. Yet I saw the same wide-eyed terror mirrored in the faces of others. I wasn't the only one who saw the glimpse of something beyond. For the first time, something clicked. Wasn't escaping the only goal. What else was hidden behind the warped physics of this place? We weren't just guinea pigs in a broken experiment. There were dimensions, alternate realities. The possibilities swirled, making my head spin more than any gravitational shift could. I held on to that revelation as I watched Flynn catch my eye, a chilling understanding flashing between us. We'd just gotten our first real clue. This was more than survival. It was a hunt for something far larger and infinitely more dangerous than we'd ever imagined. In the aftermath of the gravity surge and the vanishing tear, an uncanny energy buzzed beneath the surface of the station. Gone was the usual drudgery of our prison labour. Now, something electric rippled through the stale air. Every fluctuation of the faulty lights felt amplified, and the whispers in the dark corners weren't of fear, but anticipation. We'd found a lead, a crack in this monstrous experiment. My mind felt alight, yet there was the undeniable truth I couldn't ignore, that unnatural pull of energy humming deep within me. Whatever the Dark Zone had done, it wasn't over. I held my breath, wondering if, in the chase for answers, I'd already gone too far down the road of becoming something else. At night, 
With the station plunged in near darkness, we plotted by the glow of a jury-rigged lantern. It felt like some desperate war room from a badly funded resistance. Bull paced restlessly, while Flynn meticulously drew and redrew his chaotic schematics, trying to calculate when the next potential tear might occur. Even amidst the grim circumstances, I felt a grudging sense of shared purpose. Cora's quiet voice finally cut through the low hum of our debate. The guards aren't stupid. That shift, even they don't understand it, but they saw. We need to act soon before they clamp down, shut off whole sections like they did last time. Her words weren't a warning. They were a call to action. The next anomaly could be days, even weeks away, Flynn argued, frustration edging his voice. We need more data, a tighter understanding. My voice cut across his protest, infused with recklessness. We have what we have. That tear, it gave us a target. No use waiting until this place decides to give us another show. I caught Bull's gaze and unexpectedly, there was approval there. These survivors didn't have the luxury of careful preparation. Cora leaned forward, her eyes flashing with defiance. Jax is right. The risk is always there. The difference is, now we have something worth fighting for. Not just this pathetic excuse for life, but a possibility. I finished her thought. An understanding of how to fight back. We couldn't wait for the next clue. We had to force it. Use the warped nature of this prison against itself. Deliberately trigger whatever shift caused those impossible ruptures. My head spun with the insane gamble of what we were about to attempt, yet, under the glow of the lamp, surrounded by the misfits who held a sliver of understanding about this place, it felt like our only hope. That night, sleep was impossible. In place of nightmares, my mind buzzed with a mixture of anticipation and sheer terror. Everything I knew about how the world worked felt flimsy and false. Tomorrow, we'd test those boundaries head-on. There was only one way to claw our way out of this dark experiment, and the price of knowledge might be greater than we were ready to face. Dawn spilled in sluggishly through grimy portholes, washing the station in a cold, unforgiving light. Today wasn't about forced labour, but our own illicit agenda. In the mess hall, instead of resignedly pushing around nutrient sludge, I examined every blink of the overhead lights, the groaning complaints of stressed metal. Anomalies were about disruptions, I figured, so today we'd become masters of chaos. Flynn tapped into the station's rudimentary power grid, just enough to cause a jolt to the system carefully concealed amidst the usual cascade of malfunctions. Bull and I worked another angle. Under the pretext of repairs, we pried at a section of the wall with deliberate force, aiming for structural stress the station might register as critical. It was a desperate gamble, one we hoped would mimic the conditions that had opened the tear before. Cora, a ghost-like figure amidst the shadows, kept watch. Eyes up, if those wardens get wind of a deliberate mess. She didn't need to finish her warning. Our plan was built on exploiting the usual cracks in the station's systems. Get caught deliberately pulling the threads, and whatever freedoms we'd clawed for ourselves would vanish. 
I felt sweat gather beneath my worn jumpsuit. With every agonizing minute, dread bloomed, mirroring the tension we tried to build in the station itself. Then in a sudden rush, the overhead lights began to pulse, casting an unnatural rhythm across the hall. This wasn't a typical failure. This was an echo of the surge just before. With a muffled thump, a crack widened along the wall where Bull and I had been working. Then, with stomach-churning slowness, it began to peel from the surface, bending upwards into impossible space. My pulse drummed in my ears, and I was dimly aware of others in the hall starting to gasp and recoil. Suddenly, a hand clamped down on my shoulder. A guard, face twisted in anger, growled into my ear. Thought you lot were getting clever! I whirled, desperation fueling my move. Bull was already shoving himself between us, an unspoken signal in his grim expression. But before fists could fly, Cora launched herself at the guard, not with the aim to injure, but to distract. For a split second, there was pure chaos. Shouts, flailing limbs, and then a jarring shift. It was as if space itself warped, tearing us off balance. As I stumbled, I caught a glimpse of the tear I'd just helped pry open. This time not a small fissure, but a swirling vortex, gleaming with colours from outside our reality. Then I was falling, not a graceful drop, but a sickening twist through impossible angles. I barely had time to register Cora's panicked yell before darkness consumed me. My body slammed into something solid with a bone-jarring crash sending waves of pain through me. But what assaulted me wasn't just injury. It was a sensory overload that shattered every assumption I had about the world. The impact wasn't the end of the ordeal, it was just the beginning. My lungs screamed for air, but whatever I gasped seemed thick and alien, tasting of sulfur and something metallic. Panic thrashed in me, a primal need to understand where the hell I had landed. But as I forced my eyes open, understanding was the furthest thing from my reach. This wasn't the grey, sterile uniformity of the station. Light. It wasn't a harsh, artificial glow, but an unsettling crimson warmth that filtered through an oppressive canopy of twisted vegetation. The trees, if those were even trees, stretched impossibly high, their thick trunks resembling melted candle wax, dripping with what might be poisonous dew. The air crackled with a barely contained energy, sending shivers down my spine. This wasn't another part of the station. This was another world, entirely. My groan brought a rush of movement. Cora scrambled beside me, eyes wide with an echo of the terror I felt. Jax, where? Her voice trailed off, a gasp replacing words. She wasn't looking at me, but at the monstrous figure towering over us. I barely needed to turn. Its shadow alone eclipsed any sliver of warmth from that blood-red sun. A lumbering beast that was part grotesque insect, part skeletal nightmare. Its segmented shell gleamed oily black, pincers snapping ominously. But perhaps even more alarming were the pulsing, fleshy sacks under its maw. Sacks that glowed with an unsettling echo of the warped energy rippling through my own veins. This was no creature I could reason with, no enemy I could outsmart. Its existence screamed wrongness, 
a violation of every law of nature I held true back on Earth. I was a lab rat flung into an impossible new experiment, one with teeth and razor-sharp legs. A guttural croak echoed from the monstrosity. Cora and I stumbled back, survival instincts momentarily cutting through the overwhelming shock. Bull and Flynn were mere shapes scattered nearby, their fates still chillingly unknown. We needed to run, find some kind of cover, try to figure out any means of defense we might have against, against whatever this hellhole was. Yet even as the thought formed, another chilling realization bloomed. Running meant separation, which likely meant certain death in this warped place. There was strength in numbers, even small numbers, even facing unimaginable horror. Before I could formulate a desperate plan, Cora shrieked, not a cry of fear, but a raw shout of defiance. There was a flash of blue light, a flare of power I hadn't even known she possessed. Her arm thrust out, the circuitry lines blazing beneath her skin like they were about to burst. With a roar, a burst of force slammed into the creature, staggering it. I wasn't sure if it was pain, surprise, or a potent mix of both. But it brought us the tiniest window of opportunity. Go! Cora screamed, her voice ragged. The monstrous creature was turning, its attention snapping back towards us. But she was facing it head on, defiance writ across every inch of her form. Even amidst the fear that twisted my insides, a wave of something like respect roared through me. My heart thundered in my chest, every instinct battling, run or join this insane fight. Then, with a roar of my own, I charged, not forward at the creature, but in the opposite direction, hoping to hell Cora knew what she was doing. Something tugged on the air behind me, an agonizing twist of gravity. Then a blur of motion and Cora was beside me, pulling me out of the path of a scything pincer. The ground thrummed violently, my stomach lurching. Even here, I wasn't fully free from the warped space I'd fallen through. We were not just fighting monsters now, but the fabric of reality itself. The frantic sprint away from the enraged creature took me into a twisted maze of the forest itself. It seemed no escape here was ever clean or direct. Trees bent out of our path, roots shifting to trip us. There was a horrifying awareness that this place was as alive and potentially as hostile as the monster we fled. My lungs burned, each panicked breath a harsh sandpaper rasp, even with the surge of adrenaline and whatever the dark zone had done to me. I hadn't been born and raised on the wrong side of reality. Cora, surprisingly light-footed considering our desperate scramble, suddenly yanked me behind a vast, bulbous root. With her hand clamped over my mouth, I stared back at the way we'd come. Just a hint of motion was visible now through the thick canopy. Not only were we lost, the creature wouldn't likely give up the hunt soon. We'd merely bought ourselves a few ragged breaths to regroup. As my heart slowed from its panic-induced drum, I took in Cora with new eyes. In the filtered crimson light, her normally bright hair looked faded, as if vitality was being constantly drained away. And her eyes, previously full of fiery rebellion, now carried a depth of weariness that I was too new to this place to fully comprehend. She leaned close, her breath catching, the glowing lines beneath her skin fading from their harsh brilliance. 
It's drawn to... Energy! She gasped, each word a visible effort. My mind raced, the tear, the shift, and now this creature fixated on us. Could the Dark Zone changes become a homing beacon for the very terrors created by that warped experiment? No wonder even rebellion came with a heavy price in this place. Suddenly, a noise echoed. A rasping, chittering call. Something answering from the far depths of the crimson foliage. Cora's eyes widened. There's more! Her choked whisper confirmed my growing certainty. We hadn't traded one horror for a gentler prison. This was worse. A grotesque ecosystem where we were simply the newest, weakest offering. A growl cut through the chilling quiet. Something, was it Bull, stumbled into view, clutching a bloody wound on his side. Flynn was with him, dragging one leg limply. They both appeared out of a distortion in the air itself, as if teleported into our disastrous situation. They wore expressions mirroring our own despair. This was no victory. Our desperate gambit spat us out here, broken, hunted, facing an impossible landscape of horrors. Yet, as my pulse started to level, an icy tendril of determination twined through my fear. I wasn't some lab rat thrown into a maze anymore. It dawned on me that somehow the five of us, Jack's outcast convict and these survivors reshaped by the Dark Zone, made up a bizarre sort of team. There was no time for introductions or explanations now. Every pulse of energy in this place seemed to be a target for the unseen predators. With a ragged, desperate nod, I looked at the others. In that instant, beneath the blood and the exhaustion, beneath the warped and monstrous world hunting us, I saw grim resignation twist into steely determination. In this hellscape we might die, but we'd do so fighting our way out of the experiment our way back to our old, broken reality on our own damn terms. We moved together, a broken unit formed in the crucible of terror. Flynn, with his quick mind, took the lead, despite his injured leg. Find water, he croaked. There has to be a source for all this. He waved vaguely towards the monstrous foliage. Growth. With Cora and Bull forming a battered but formidable rearguard, we moved deeper into this crimson nightmare. Every sound sent a spike of adrenaline through me. The forest pulsed, strange croaks and rustles filtering through the oppressive twilight. This wasn't just a strange biosphere. It hummed with twisted energy. With each step, the undercurrent of power rippling through me seemed to act in sympathy, sometimes making me stumble as if pushed, other times giving me an unnatural speed as if pulled towards some unseen point. This energy, it wasn't a mere weapon. It was a map of this unstable dimension. A thread I had to untangle if we were going to survive. After what felt like hours of navigating that crimson maze, a break presented itself. Not an escape, but a tactical advantage. A cluster of bioluminescent fungus clinging to a twisted trunk. In its dim glow, Flynn knelt, tracing patterns with his finger in the dirt. Look, he breathed, a spark of his old excitement breaking through the despair. These grow in concentric circles. There's a pattern here. His voice trailed off, the implication chilling. 
Just as his words hit home, a low keening pierced the air, sending chills down my spine. It wasn't just an animal cry. This sound held despair layered within fury, something familiar. Then, Cora grabbed my arm, her fingers digging painfully into my skin. Those lines! She didn't need to finish. The circuitry etched beneath my own skin flared hot, and across the darkness of the forest, other lights pulsed in answer. Not bioluminescent fungi, but distant flashes mirroring the energy surging in us. This monstrous place didn't just create horrors, it warped its victims into extensions of itself. Suddenly, I felt less like a survivor and more like a live specimen, the tendrils of a gruesome experiment burrowing under my skin. Bull growled. How many others? Damn it! How many people have they tossed into this hell for their tests? The reality wasn't just twisted physics. It was our fellow prisoners mutated and spread through this dimension as some horrifying part of the warped design. This place, and perhaps others like it, were vast testing grounds where we were both lab rats and the result. As if summoned by my grim realization, movement broke the stillness of the forest. Not the lumbering horror that first attacked us, but humanoid figures emerging through twists and folds in the air. Glowing lines blazed beneath their skin, their eyes a cold, unsettling reflection of my own changed body. In the chilling luminescence, I caught sight of warped limbs, chitinous plates instead of skin, and unsettling whispers of extra mouths where there should be none. We weren't the first they'd changed, just the latest. With a cry, Cora launched herself forward, her own luminescent energy erupting. They danced amongst the twisted trees, a ballet of violence and desperation. Her energy blasts shattered the darkness, but for every creature that fell, two more seemed to appear from the shifting ground itself. It was brutal chaos, a fight I barely understood, not with the reasoned strategy of our station brawls, but the desperation of prey caught in a monstrous experiment. And there, amongst the flashes, I realized I wasn't watching our doom. I was seeing our only possible path. It wouldn't be guns or fists that won this, but that strange, unsettling energy thrumming in my veins. As a mutated figure bore down on me, I raised my hands, feeling a raw and unstable power gather. If they intended to use me for this hell, then I'd reshape their experiment into my own weapon. With a scream born of terror and rage, I released it. My scream wasn't just defiance, it was a conduit for the warped energy thrumming within me. With a blinding flash, a wave of chaotic force ripped out of me, throwing my attackers backward with unnatural violence. This wasn't like Cora's controlled bursts. This was clumsy, raw, like an electrical surge with a mind of its own. The forest groaned and warped under the impact. For a dizzying moment, I hovered between exhilaration and a terror so deep it scraped at my sanity. Part of me was horrified by what I'd just unleashed, but under that was a thrill I couldn't deny. Here, amidst the monstrous vegetation and mutated victims, the rules I'd always known disintegrated. The power that the Dark Zone had forced upon me wasn't just a mark, it was a weapon. Then reality snapped back. 
There was no time for fear or moral dilemmas. Those blasted lines on my skin screamed like beacons, signalling something deeper within the fabric of this place, something that responded to this unholy energy. Already creatures were crawling back out of the undergrowth, eyes gleaming with unnatural hunger. Flynn, his leg forgotten in the surge of adrenaline, pointed towards a break in the twisted canopy. Through there, he yelled over the din. There's an opening, something! Cora, singed and bleeding, rallied next to me. She grabbed my arm, her touch burning through the numbness that followed my power surge. This energy, it's like a key, she choked out. It twists this place, opens something. Her words didn't fully make sense, but I felt the truth of them. A desperate gamble that our warped power wasn't just a target, but a tool. Bull, as always, translated our frantic theory into brutal action. With a roar, he ploughed into the mutated horrors, buying us an agonising few seconds of escape. With no time for a clean plan, I used that volatile energy coursing through me, shoving at the air, forcing cracks and bends in the forest itself, as if willing a path into existence. We crashed through the undergrowth, guided more by gut instinct than any sort of logic. Stumbling into a clearing, I braced myself for another attack. Yet for once, this warped dimension responded to our will. The ground beneath our feet sparkled, warped, then ripped open like fabric, revealing a vortex of impossible colours, echoing the one that brought us here. No time for thinking! Cora gasped, eyes flitting from the encroaching monsters to that churning portal. This is it! A way out! Or maybe... She didn't finish the thought, but it echoed in the grim determination on her face. Maybe another world, perhaps even more monstrous than the last. Whatever the consequences, they couldn't be worse than what we were leaving behind. One by one, we plunged into the unknown. In the back of my mind, part of me screamed to leave Bull behind, a necessary sacrifice. But he wasn't just an asset now, an annoyingly useful brute for our survival. We were bound together by more than shared horrors, a thread of twisted power, and maybe a desperate, reckless kind of kinship forged in the fire of impossible survival. The decision wasn't even a conscious one. As he turned to hold back the monstrous tide, fury twisting his scarred face, I reached out a hand and yanked him through with us. There was darkness, then a sickening lurch and the sensation of twisting through unmade dimensions. My skin crawled with that same warped power, as if it acted in defiance of every law of reality. Then, impact. We spilled out of the vortex in a tangle of bruised limbs and desperate gasps. I blinked against the overwhelming harshness of light. Real light. The sterile whiteness of the Dark Zone experiment station. We weren't on a crimson world, weren't even truly within the station anymore. I looked down in astonishment. The vortex hadn't closed behind us, but hung impossibly, shining amidst the metal framework of the station, as if torn into the fabric of the place. My insides twisted violently, as if the impossible energy was still churning within me. For a long beat, all we could do was stare. We'd escaped that monstrous dimension, but at what price? Our skin crawled with an intensity that had nothing to do with injury. 
as if sensing the shift. Guards were converging, weapons bristling not with stunners, but something heavier. Fear wasn't the dominant sensation anymore, but an icy understanding. We weren't prisoners they could throw back in cages. We'd become too volatile, the monsters they'd created. Flynn was on his feet first, his gaze drawn not to the growing threat from the guards, but to the open vortex of impossible colours. It's a tear, like before but controlled. His voice echoed with both the excitement of a scientist and the cold realisation of his words. Cora stood tall, the weariness briefly fading from her features. Controlled, or is it just us? She didn't need to elaborate. In our broken bodies, we weren't lab rats anymore. We were keys, capable of unlocking something within the fabric of this warped experiment. But whether we were now masters of this dark science or just more fuel for it, remained the horrifying question. Bull grunted, his hand tightening into a fist around a piece of twisted, gleaming metal he'd clearly ripped off some part of that other world. In the harsh light, his monstrous strength seemed not a side effect, but a deliberate transformation. He was battle-hardened, yes, but by a war most humans would be crushed by. Then, the warden walked calmly among her nervous guards. Not an ounce of fear or surprise registered on her face, merely cold calculation. So, my specimens? Return, she stated, as if this were all routine. Tell me, and here her lips parted in something uncomfortably closer to a smile. What have you learned? My stomach lurched. Not again. This wasn't a victory, wasn't even an escape. We'd seen behind the curtain, and instead of finding an exit, we'd only discovered the true, monstrous heart of the experiment. It wasn't just breaking people. It was breaking reality itself, and using our mangled bodies as the keys to unimaginable power. As if on cue, the tear behind us flickered, its colours warping subtly. In my veins, something surged in response. This wasn't the end. 